The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's good, everybody? Welcome into our weekly NFL Props Only episode of The Early Edge right here on our YouTube channel. If you are not a subscriber yet, what in the world are you waiting for? I am the coach. I'm here every single morning, every single day in the evening. It's at four Saturdays. We're powered by the almighty sports line, the best value in all of sports betting, and it's not even close. Let's stay active in the chat today because, as you know, we're always giving away year-long memberships. And you never know what else we're going to give away for being active and being positive into the chat. I see so many of you out there. Mark, Nick, Shaka, Mark, Michael, Lee, Shaka again, Anthony, Noah. Oh, the bosses are here. I got to be on my best behavior. All right. You know that I bring two of the most opposite stars that we have at Sports Slime, but when you put them together, it's a beautiful marriage. Let's bring in the stars of the show. Here's what we're doing today. There he is live. From all the way down in Florida, we call him Uncle Dave. Dave Richard from Fantasy Football Today. Hello, sir. What's up, Coach? What's up, Alex? It's good to see you guys. I'm ready to bounce back after a brutal week last week, but I'm feeling good. I put in the research, put in the time. A lot of the guys that I like this week in player props are going to correlate to guys I like in fantasy this week. I've already talked about them on Fantasy Football Today. Can't wait to share it with you guys here today. And we can't wait for the knowledge. And guess what, Dave? Everybody on planet Earth got crushed last week. It was an upside it was down incredible. week. It was, it was incredible. Up- yeah. It's, and it's one thing to, to because part of sports betting is competing. I want to be able to compete. Even if I lose a bet, we couldn't even compete last week. And that was mentally debilitating. But you have to bounce back. And that's what we're going to do. His partner every single week here on the Prop Show. We call them Prop Stars from the Pacific Northwest. They couldn't be farther apart. Oh, but they're beautiful together. Prop Stars, welcome back, sir. What is up, Coach? Uncle Dave, great to see you, as they say in the wrestling world, from parts unknown, Coach. (laughs) One of my favorite human beings on planet Earth was Howard Finkel from parts unknown. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Howard. We love the Fink. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We go through what my guys love as their best bets as far as props are concerned. If you have a prop that you like and we're in a game, then put it into the chat. Also put the price that it is. Cause that means everything to my guys. Also, if it's not in our game, you can throw it up there too. We'll try to get to as many as props as we possibly can over the course of the next 45 to uh, 60 minutes. So after last week, let's quickly show our recap. If we have it there, jeweler, cause we are the most transparent show in all of sports betting. And if we don't, but we already know we had a bad week. So either way, we got you covered. We know we had a bad week. There it is right there. We always show our recap on every single show and the season-long recap as well. But let's spin it, and let's go to this week. All right, if you guys are ready, I'm ready. Let's jump right in. Game number one, Bills and the Jets. And this has been, uh, I think, a very top-talked-about number on our Mega Preview, which came out on Tuesday in your uh, feed right now. Because the Bills are laying double digits for the second straight week against another bad football team. 
but we don't care about the side. We don't care about the total of 47 and a half. We care about the props. And Alex, you have two plays in this game. The floor is yours. I do indeed, coach. The first play being Stefan Diggs over 73 and a half receiving yards. I found this at minus 115 this morning. Uh, yeah, look, with the Stefan Diggs, he is coming off of a dominant 2020 campaign in which he led the entire NFL in receiving yards. He had 1,535. He's had somewhat of a quiet start to this season through the halfway point. Um, he's a seventh-year pro. He's on pace for a solid season by most standards, but surprisingly, he has only registered one single yard receiving effort this season compared to last season when he finished with seven despite the dip in production he's still playing at a very high level in my opinion according to all the metrics as well he has a very healthy target share and a high volume passing attack and i believe he's poised to have a very big finish to the second half of the season starting this weekend versus the jets buffalo obviously as we know is coming off of a humiliating loss to the jaguars where they failed to score a single touchdown they mustered only six points the bills have a potential get right spot versus the Jets, who are surrendering the most points per game, 31.4. They have allowed a whopping 130 points over their last three games to the Patriots, Colts, and Bengals, who don't ex- uh, exactly profile as explosive offenses. Furthermore, the rank, excuse me, the Jets rank 30th in defensive passing DVOA. They're surrendering the third most passing yards per game and are allowing the fourth highest completion rate. And they're simply just going to be overmatched, in my opinion, by this Buffalo offense. Diggs is the number one receiving option on the leagues or one of the league's most explosive passing offense. He has a tremendous matchup versus the Jets, who do not possess a corner capable of handling him one on one. I also love the fact that the Bills offense is getting healthy. Dawson Knox is returning to the lineup. They have so many explosive playmakers that prevents opposing defenses and secondaries from keying on digs too much i believe the bills are going to look to make an example out of the jets i think digs winds up with a second hundred yard receiving game of the season in the process so yeah i love stefan digs over 73 and a half receiving yards uh my second play from this game going to the opposite side going to the jets and i'm going with an under it is Corey davis under 49 and a half receiving yards uh He's appeared in six games this season. Davis has been held under this line in four of those games, including four of his last five games played. He's returning to the Jets lineup after a two-week absence where he missed the previous two games due to a hip injury. Uh, The Jets receiving room has quietly become a little bit crowded with Jamison Crowder, Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole, all healthy and vying for targets. Uh, Davis will also have the unenviable task of facing a Buffalo defense that has given up the fewest yards to opposing wide receivers. They've allowed just 928 yards to the position through eight games. That is phenomenal. The Bills also rank first in pass in defensive passing DVOA, first in opponent passing yards per game, first in yards per pass attempt, first in yards per completion, and second in opponent completion percentage. Uh, this is a good time to mention they're also facing a rookie quarterback taken in the fifth round, as we know, and Mike White making his third career career start and fairness to Mike White he's played well he's played above I think anyone's expectations however he has relied on a very quick release peppering his running backs and wide receivers with targets close to the line of scrimmage getting the ball out of his hands quickly this does not bode well for Corey Davis however who leads the team in a dot average depth of target he's primarily running his routes deep down the field so yeah it takes time for those routes to develop uh 
Davis or excuse me, Mike White is getting rid of the ball quickly. Uh, Yeah. So I think he's, or excuse me, Davis is also going to see plenty after Davius White, who is the bills top corner. He shadows the opposing teams, number one receivers on a week to week basis. This is just a very tough spot for Corey Davis. In my opinion, he's also miscast as a number one receiver on this jets offense. He's been inconsistent. Now he faces an angry bills defense coming off a humiliating loss. I love fading Corey Davis under 49 and a half receiving yards. I tell you what, I enjoyed two things during the last three minutes of that dissertation Two, the two picks that you gave out. And number one was reading all the comments in the chat about uh, different things. One of them from Aaron Thomas, he says, Alex inhales prop info and exhales success, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, they're wondering what the over under is on head nods from prop stars. Uh, they're wondering <laughs> if uncle Dave is going to the early bird special in the track suit before uh-huh. 6 p.m. <laughs> and is Alex going to be done so he can get the dinner on time? <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love this hour so much. We have people. Hopefully, it's a college student. We have somebody who skipped seventh hour so he can watch the show live so we can get the numbers in so they don't move when they watch it on demand. You have to watch the show live. Oh, my God. I'm dying right now. You guys in the chat are amazing. Uh, What we're creating is amazing. Keep that funny stuff coming because it's what we're here for. All right. So we got two official plays so far. Let's move on to our next game. And it's going to be the Falcons taking on the Cowboys. And somehow Vegas has put this number at nine for the Dallas Cowboys, who got beat by 14 at home by the Broncos. And the Falcons actually covered against the Saints. Now, Dave, you have two plays from this game. The floor is yours. Thank you very much. And by the way, the fact that it's nine makes me wonder if they're trying to get you to take the Falcons because it's just too many points, especially after what we saw last week from the Cowboys and their offense. Really, the problem with the Cowboys offense last week, the offensive line didn't protect Dak and Dak missed throws. I wonder if they try and realign that O-line and maybe have a chance to blow out the Falcons. And remember who the defensive coordinator is for the Dallas Cowboys, Dan Quinn. That's right. Former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that Quinn probably knows a thing or two about that team, but I bet he doesn't care if they throw for over 300 yards as long as they win the game. So I'm going to start with Matt Ryan over 290 and a half passing yards at even money on Caesar Sportsbook. Falcons can't run the football first and foremost. They just, Mike Davis can't get the job done. Cordero Patterson has been amazing as a pass catcher, not so good as a running back at least not outside of the red zone. The Cowboys are allowing 287 and a half pass yards per game. It includes keeping the last three quarterbacks they faced to under 250 yards. Who are these quarterbacks? It's Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, and Mac Jones. I would put Matt Ryan at least one level ahead of those guys. And those quarterbacks average 28 pass attempts per game or pass attempts against the Dallas Cowboys. We know that Matt Ryan's last four games, he's averaged 292 passing yards and 35 and a half attempts per game. Randy Gregory of the Cowboys, one of their best pass rushers. He's on IR. He's not playing. That hurts their pass rush. I think Matt Ryan is always a better quarterback when he's got time to throw and he doesn't feel as pressured as he might in a normal matchup. This isn't that case. And Dan Quinn, I mentioned it, the fact that he's there, I'm sure he's going to be interested in trying to keep Matt Ryan from beating them. But above all, he just wants to make sure that his defense can keep the Falcons just to be 
just to keep a competitive game at this point, it's the Cowboys offense that really needs to get figured out and mm-hmm. fixed. And they've got the matchup to go ahead and put points on the Falcons pass defense, which Quinn's going to know a thing or two about as well. Matt Ryan's going to be forced to throw a lot. I think he finds 300 yards for the fourth time in five games. That's why I'm taking the over on 290 and a half passing yards. The next one I've got, it, there's an interesting story that comes with this one, guys. It's Dalton Schultz. And the original line that I found for this one from Caesar Sportsbook, and I found it uh, maybe three hours ago, was 51 and a half receiving yards at minus 120. Before I could even get down to the first floor of our building, come into this studio and come on the air with you, it dropped by three points. I'm not by three points, three yards. We're down to 48 and a half. On Dalton Schultz. And you might look at his last game, last six games, five of his last six games, he's been above this number. And you might say, well, this is an easy over because he's been above this number. And I think that's what the odds makers want you to believe. I think mm-hmm. they want you to think that Dalton Schultz is going to continue to keep this up. Michael Gallup is back for the Dallas Cowboys at wide receiver. Small sample size alert, but in the first half of their first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, before anybody knew who Dalton Schultz even was, Michael Gallup earned a 19% target share from Dak Prescott. He got hurt in the second half, and in the second half of the game, Dalton Schultz had a 15% target share. In the first half, Dalton Schultz saw two targets. That's a 6% target share. That's low. So another mouth defeat in this offense. And we've already seen Dalton Schultz start to lose some of that target share. Over the last three weeks, he's been at 13.8% from weeks two through five. He's been at 23.3%. The Falcons allow about 10.5 yards per catch to tight ends. It's one of the more better marks in the National Football League, but I still think that Dalton Schultz is going to be unlikely to get around five, six catches. I don't think it's going to be there for him. He can catch three or four balls. He can come in between 35 and 45 yards. Guess what? We still win this under on Dalton Schultz. All right. Very good. I like those two plays a lot. Uh, Real quick, we got to go backwards. Loadmeister in the chat. Relax, my brother. Or if you're a female, relax. We have a ton of people talking in the chat. Corey Davis has gone down to 45 and a half. Alex, would you still play it at that, even though you gave it out at 49 and a half? I would play it uh, down to 44 and a half. So, yes. All right. Loadmeister, relax. Damn, we have so many people watching. I'm only one person. I'm, a, I'm only one person. My goodness. Sometimes it's very frustrating when you guys answer me, answer me, answer me, answer me. All right, let's move on to the next game. We got a lot of props to get here, guys. So we got to speed it up just a little bit, just a little bit. All right. So we have four plays out so far. All right. Lions and Steelers. And then we'll get to some of the uh, questions in the chat. So in this game, Steelers are giving eight. Total 42 and a half. This is a weird number. They almost says stay away from the side, but we have a prop that Alex, you love. What is it? I do. That is TJ Hawkinson over four and a half receptions. Uh, Hawk has been an absolute target monster, especially recently. He's gotten 31 targets over the last three games. He's turned that into 24 catches for 211 yards. 
also clearing this number in three consecutive games. He's averaging eight targets per game. He's had at least eight targets in six of eight games this season, and he's had at least five catches in five of eight of those games. He ranks third in targets per games to only Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller at the tight end position. He has a 75% catch rate that is very impressive for the amount of volume and targets he receives. We just saw last week Cole Komet had a career game versus the same Pittsburgh defense. He reeled in six of eight targets for 87 receiving yards. Detroit ranks eighth in passing attempts per game with 38.8. Jared Goff is airing the ball out a ton. He has at least 21 completions in every game. He's averaging 25.9 completions per game. The Lions also have marginal to below average wide receiver talent and depth. Hawkinson is not only serving as Goff's security blanket, but he is the number one option in this Lions passing attack. He also has a low A dot, which doesn't translate to uh, efficient real life football, but it translates to being productive uh, as far as props are concerned. Uh, his A dot is 7.19 yards. Uh, it, it, again, it's beneficial in this instance. It indicates he's running a lot of shallow routes that are close to the result, close to the line of scrimmage that result in a lot of catches. Remember, with receptions prop, efficiency does not matter. He could go five catches for 15 yards. We get paid the same amount as if he finishes five catches for 150 yards. Hawkinson is also healthy, which I really like. He hasn't appeared on the injury report for the last two weeks. He had a minor dip in production after the first three weeks where he was routinely appearing on the injury report. He's been participating in full in practice. I think he's going to continue to have close to double digit targets again on Sunday. So yeah, I absolutely love TJ Hawkinson over four and a half receptions. And I love just saying his name. Hawkinson. Love that a lot. Let's play a little rapid fire real quick. Get a lot of questions in the chat. Uh, Corderell Patterson over four and a half catches of minus 115. Dave, I'll come to you. Oh, I like his chances to to go over on that one. We know Calvin Ridley's not playing. I think that means Patterson will play a little bit more as a wide receiver. Five catches against the Cowboys should happen. And that's one, again, Alex mentioned it. Efficiency doesn't really matter. You just need him to make the grabs. Not only can he make downfield throws, but he's getting the ball on screens and slants too. Mm-hmm. Uh, De- uh, Alex, let me come back to you. Bills, Jets, I know you don't normally like touchdown props. Plus 155 for Josh Allen over two and a half touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I do. Obviously, I, I do like the Diggs prop. However, I believe the Jets are going to dare the Bills to run the football. I think they're going to play. Uh, certain coverage where they're playing basically four deep players kind of taking away all of the deep routes from this bills offense. That's what we saw last week versus Jacksonville teams are just inviting the bills to run. And Josh Allen is having trouble adjusting to that for that reason. I don't know how much he's going to air the ball out. I think they're going to just have to have a more balanced approach in order to sustain drives and uh, move the ball. So yeah, I don't actually love that problem even though I am obviously bullish on digs. All right. Very good. Tom in the chat says who gives out this much info answer. Nobody. That's why this is the must watch prop show of the entire week. Let's go to, um, we already talked in the Falcons game. So Dave, let me come back to you. Kyle Pitts over 67 and a half receiving yards minus minus one fifteen. 
Oh, you know, the heart wants to take that one coach because <laughs> Kyle Pitts is so fun. And again, this this is a Dallas Cowboys defense that started to slide the wrong way. Even Trevon Diggs, everybody's making this huge deal about him. He was burned on a deep touchdown last week by Tim Patrick, not even Corlin Sutton, not Jerry Judy, their number three receiver, Tim Patrick. I, I If I'm going to lean one way or the other, it's probably going to be over just because I think Matt Ryan's going to have over 300 yards and it's going to be hard for him yeah. to do if Kyle Pitts doesn't have a good game. But I would rather sink my chips on Matt Ryan going over than Kyle Pitts. That makes a lot of sense. Alex, let me come back to you. Shaco says that MGM, TJ Hawkinson, over four and a half is at minus 145 and over uh, at, at its five and a half at plus 125. Would you feel comfortable playing the five and a half with plus money? Uh, I think the four and a half has a safer uh, floor in this instance. I'm comfortable playing it up to, uh, say, minus 150, minus 155. Um, I'd look at it uh, at four and a half before you start to consider it at five and a half, even at plus odds. All right. Very good. All right. We'll get back to some of the other chat questions in a moment, but let's get back to uh, my guys games. We're going to go to the Saints and the Titans. One Eastern on Sunday. Titans are favored by three. Saints, of course. Playing with the new quarterback, Jameis Winston's out with that torn ACL. The total sitting at 44. Dave, what play do you like in this game? Let's look at those Titans running backs. And we know that without Derrick Henry, it was a major gut punch to them and their offense in general. They still managed to win last week against LA. That was a shockeroo. But the guy that was leading the way for that run game, at least in terms of snaps played, was Jeremy McNichols. He played 45% of the snaps and 10 of 14 snaps on third downs and fourth downs. He's their passing downs guy. He was locked into that role in week nine. He actually led the Titans running backs in snaps. I mentioned that. So I'm looking at him going over 19 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. He had an uncharacteristic 3.7 yards per catch in that game against LA. Go look at his games before. There was one game where he only had one catch for 10 yards, but he had another game where he was averaging over over 10 yards per catch. I want to say it was right around 11 yards per catch. In fact, before last week, each of his previous five receptions were good for at least 10 yards, and he had a nine-yard catch last week. There is no guarantee that this is going to be a game like last week for the Titans where they're going to be able to play amazing defense and just run their way with Adrian Peterson and Deontay Foreman <laughs> to success. I, I think it'll be a little bit more of a competitive game. The Saints bring that out in people, but they also allow 10.2 yards per catch to running backs. That's the second highest mark of this year. Now, you could look at the prop for Jeremy McNichols going over two and a half receptions and just say, all right, all he needs is three catches and you avoid the efficiency like we've talked about. But you got to lay 150 at Caesar Sportsbook in order to do that. If you can get that prop at minus 115, minus 110, go ahead and get it because I think he can get three catches. But otherwise, I think he can get you 20 yards. And I like that there's less juice on this than there is on the receptions bet. He's going to get you 20 yards at minimum through the air. You know, it's funny you mentioned juice because and you mentioned Adrian Peterson because there was no juice on the Sportsline Showdown bet that I beat my man prop stars last week. Oh, it felt so good. And I I, I can't believe that you would bring that bet up right now, Uncle Dave. That is just I mean, come on. Come on. I think my mic just cut out, fellas. I didn't hear any of the last minute or so spoken. So we can catch up to whatever was said later, I'm sure, at another point. Andrew in the chat says, Coach, say under. Under. Under, 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 under. Uh, all right. We're about halfway through the show. If you have any other props, put them in the chat. We'll try to get to as many as you possibly can. But our brand is so big now. So big now. We actually have commercials. Check it out. 
Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, let's get back to our games because we have a lot more to get to. Vikings, Chargers, and Alex, we're coming back to you. Chargers, they've been a team. It's hard to believe that they haven't won more close games than they have. They're laying three at home to Minnesota. Total 53 and a half. What play do you like in this game? I've got to go with another under gentleman. We all know that coach loves under. So I had to bring my favorite unders to this show. The play I have in this game is Kirk cousins under 274.5 passing yards. Cousin has been held under 275 yards in five of eight games to start the season. Two of those games, he eclipsed this total. That game went to overtime as well. The chargers are allowing a league worse 161 rushing yards per game. The Chargers have only allowed one quarterback all year to eclipse this number as well. The Chargers have given up the fourth fewest passing yards this season, 197 per game. Chargers ranked ninth in passing DVOA while ranking dead last in rushing DVOA. I think this is very likely going to result in a game script where the Vikings run the ball a lot versus the Chargers rely heavily on Dalvin Cook. I have Cousins projected for 251 yards. I also think this number just came in too large. While I do feel the Chargers secondary might not be quite as good as the raw numbers suggest, they definitely are a very talented group. Chris Harris Jr., Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, Mike Davis, Tavon Campbell are all very quality players. Their run defense is so poor, and they just have the inability to stop anyone on the ground. Is going to continue to force teams to run the ball down their throats, especially someone or a team coached by Mike Zimmer who would like nothing more than to run the ball 50-plus times a game. So, yeah, I love fading Kirk Cousins in this spot versus a stingy Charger defense who just – gets gashed by running backs on the ground. Dave, what do you got? I, I was, I find this game fascinating and I looked long at, at that prop too and almost brought it to the table. I really wanted to find one from this game that I liked and I ended up finding nothing. Um, number one, uh, there's a lot of injuries on that Vikings defense. They're going to be without Michael Pierce. That's one of their big run stoppers. Anthony Barr is another guy who might not play at linebacker for Minnesota. This could turn into a track meet for the running backs on both sides of the football, which makes me wonder if there really isn't any good overs for the passing game period in the matchup. But th- the fact that Alex nailed it with the run defense for the chargers, they've been terrible. I know they're not going to have Mike Davis. It looks like they're going to have Asante Samuel back. If both, both of those cornerbacks were out, I would, I don't know if I'd feel so good about this one, but Samuel will play. And the fact that the Vikings can get back to basics with the run, lean a little bit on Dalvin Cook a little bit more, it makes sense that you won't see as many pass attempts for Kirk Cousins. I like that under a little bit more than the yardage one, but I think they can both come in because I think the Vikings and Chargers are just going to take turns handing off to their backs. 
All right. Very good. Love the info from both. Let's stay in that game. Chat question. A very, very popular name in the prop market this year is Austin Eckler. His number receiving yards, Alex, has come down to 37 and a half because the last couple of weeks, he just hasn't been that productive. Do you like this number back in the 30s? So this might be a long-winded answer, but yeah, I've been riding Eckler all season. I am a huge fan of the guy. However, I have been very discouraged by his usage as a pass catcher. So the Chargers lack depth at running back. They are relying on Eckler heavily as a early down uh, runner. He's running a lot between the tackles. He's been having 15 plus carries in most games. In my opinion, his skill set translates much more efficiently uh, as a pass catching back, as a two minute back, as a huge mismatch out of the backfield. But the Chargers are instead choosing to deploy him um, just as an early down runner and he's not getting the sort of usage uh, that you'd like to see for a guy with his skill set. He only had three targets. He did turn those into three catches last week. But yeah, we've kind of seen uh, a dip in his role as a pass catcher um, over the last few weeks. Uh, I believe Joshua Kelly is also expected to miss this game as well. He's going to continue to be relied on heavily uh, as an early down runner. He's also not built to handle 20, 25 plus touches a game. So as much as I love Eckler, I love his skill set. I think he's one of the most talented pass catching backs in the NFL. He's just not getting the usage as a receiver that you want to see. All right. Very good. So maybe stay away from that this week because it's very frustrating when you think a guy's going to be used and he just doesn't see the field for the plays that you need him to see. It's very, very frustrating. All right. Let's move on to our next game. We're going to go Eagles Broncos. I'm coming back to Uncle Dave. Denver shocked the world. Maybe not as much as Jacksonville did, but they certainly shocked the world last week going to Dallas and winning by 14 over the previously only once unbeaten Cowboys. So they're laying two and a half against another NFC East team in the Eagles. The total at 45 and a half. Dave, what prop do you like in this game? That game was more about Dallas losing than it was Denver winning. Dak was all over the place. His protection was terrible, but we're not talking about the Cowboys. We're talking about the Broncos and my favorite Denver Bronco is Jerry Judy. Love the way that he's played coming back from the injured list. Got hurt in week one, still had six catches for 72 yards last week. He had already shaken off the rust because he had played coming back from the injury list two games ago. He had six catches. He had 69 yards. That was nice. And now his player prop is at 58 and a half. This one's going over at minus 115. He's played 75% of his snaps this year in the slot. So he's being used in the middle of the field as well as on outbreaking routes. And he's an amazing route runner. The Eagles are allowing a 70.7% catch rate to slot wide receivers. That sounds high. It's actually league average, but they're allowing 14.1 yards per catch. That's fifth worst in football. And I think Jerry Judy needs what? five catches to go over and he's been getting at least six when he's been playing for real. I think that this one's a slam dunk. It's my favorite play of the week, more than a double sprinkle. There's no such thing as a triple sprinkle. (laughs) You got to get the shovel out for Jerry Judy over 58 and a half receiving yards. And I love him in fantasy too, as a number two fantasy wide out. Only on the early as you get a double sprinkle, Alex, what do you got? 
Yeah, I absolutely love this prop as well. I strongly considered it. I've actually been waiting for his receptions prop to pop up. Unfortunately, that line hasn't dropped yet. I was planning on uh, including it on the show. I was very even for, more bullish on it when I saw Dave was on this prop as well. I think Dave mentioned this, but he's seen a target on 25% of his pass routes this season. Not a huge sample size, but that is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I just love the way they're getting him the ball. I was extremely encouraged uh, watching him in the first week back versus the Washington football team compared to last week versus Dallas. They were much more creative uh, in ways they got him involved in the offense. He also looked a lot healthier as well. Very explosive. Uh, I'm extremely bullish on Judy this game and the rest of the season as well. I love this prop. Very good. We got two more chat questions in this game. So Dave, let me come back to you. Melvin Gordon over 49 and a half rush yards. That's from Marcos. I'm always worried about taking the over yardage on him or Javante Williams because they've been splitting basically 50 50 all year long. The only edge that Melvin Gordon has had over Javante Williams has come in, in the passing game, but there was a stretch in the middle of the season so far where Javante Williams was catching more passes than Melvin Gordon was. I'm, I'm going to stay away from this one. I know that they just both went off against the Cowboys last week. I'm telling you, it was because the Dallas offense was sloppy. And that just it afforded so many opportunities to Denver to just run the ball and, and crush through that Cowboys defense. I'm not positive it's going to work out the same way this week against Philadelphia. All right. Very good. Let's stay in that same game. And Alex, last week, Devontae Smith all of a sudden goes bananas for the Eagles and becomes like their number one receiver in the game. So his number this week is 59 and a half at minus 114. Do you think Devontae will have another big game for the Eagles? I, I did get burned by him last week by taking his under. Uh, I still stand by the play because he did not receive a lot of volume. He was just extremely efficient. I think he finished with four targets, turned that into four big catches. Uh, in my opinion, this Denver secondary is very stingy, very tough. Uh, a lot of Devontae's production has come in garbage time or versus uh, poor secondaries. So I don't love this spot at all. Um, I'm not necessarily going to fade him because I do see him getting more comfortable on a week by week basis but yeah he's not receiving the sort of volume that i look for he's being efficient he's making the most of his targets but yeah i don't love uh th this number for him and yeah he he's been extremely efficiency i efficient i do think that's going to tail off a little bit as the season continues very good dave what do you got I dig this one. I think he goes over. We know that the Broncos secondary is a little beat up. Patrick Sertan, not expected to play. That's just one guy. They've got a couple other defensive backs that are not going to be available in the game. Their pass rush, they're still without Bradley Chubb. They traded Von Miller. Jonathan Cooper is their best pass rusher. He looked like a pro bowler last week. I think he's going to have a harder time against a bunch of starters in Philadelphia. And I also think that the Eagles, we know that they've been running the ball like crazy. It's like a 65% run rate with their offense over the last two games. I don't think they can keep this up. I think that they're going to have to become a little bit more balanced of an offense. I think they know it too. So I'm expecting Jalen Hurts to throw the ball a little bit more. Alex talked about he needs more volume from Devontae Smith. He's caught five passes in two of his last three games. The one game against Detroit, he only had one catch. That might be something that scares people off. That was the game that the Eagles run game was in full effect and they didn't need to throw as much. I think they're going to have to in this game. 
I wouldn't mind taking the over, maybe just a sprinkle on Devontae Smith getting to 65, 75 yards, somewhere in that neighborhood. Another receiver I like in fantasy is like a top 28 guy, not necessarily a number two wide out. Very good. Now, all that information that Uncle Dave and Alex just gave you takes a laser focus, a really laser focus on making sure everything that's going on in your mind is correct. And when my man Reed in the chat is doing what he's doing right now, I know there's a laser focus. Pull that text up for me, Jeweler, because Reed told me, Coach, I have a Paramount Plus subscription. I am watching you guys live right now while I'm watching the bubble guppies. And that's what I'm talking about. And if you've ever been a father or a mother, you know what the bubble guppies is all about. Oh, that just warms my heart. It takes me back six or seven years when my kids were that age. Bubble guppies on Paramount Plus. Let's Dude. go. Also, in, a nice enjoy t- these days because right? my my oldest just got accepted into his first college this week. Congratulations, oh, Dave. Things Congratulations. happen fast. Especially yeah, once they get to like 13 years old. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you have no money left. Congratulations, Dave. Congratulations. Yeah, I, I need to win these props. <laughs> yeah. uh, how about Kaluna or Kalana? I apologize, uh, Chang, if I mispronounce your name, but so great to have you here. Look at that. Aloha from Hawaii. First time chatter, but huge fan of prop stars. He and Matt Sever. Oh, wait a second. There is a Matt Severance sighting in the chat. Keep me positive props to the team and coach. Man, we're all the way out in Hawaii. That's freaking awesome. Thank you for watching, and thank you for letting us know that you're watching. All right, let's get back to our picks for the week. Let's go to Green Bay. And have the Packers and Aaron Rodgers been in the news? Right now, Aaron Rodgers, by sitting out a week, just earned himself about $150 million because Jordan Love is not ready to be an NFL quarterback. So the Packers are laying three and a half. We just don't know yet. The status of Aaron Rodgers, the total at 49. This will be the return of one Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. Alex, what do you like in this game? Yeah, this might be possibly my favorite prop of the week. Certainly my favorite prop that I've given out on this show so far. That is A.J. Dillon over 54 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I want to reiterate that is a combo prop rushing and receiving yards. Football fans outside of Green Bay might not realize this, but A.J. Dillon has been outplaying Aaron Jones this season while simultaneously inching closer and closer to a 50-50 split in this Green Bay backfield. I'd love to get Dave's take on this after I uh, give a long diatribe here regarding A.J. Dillon. But yeah, I have been so encouraged by him. He is explosive. He routinely fights for extra yards. He's getting more involved in the passing game. He possesses all the tools of an elite three-down back. The Packers are also desperate need of playmakers, having very little talent outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones at their skill positions. Over the last six weeks, Dylan has eclipsed this total in five of six games while averaging 10.1 rushing attempts and 68 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards per game and a very robust and impressive 5.9 yards per touch. What gets even more juicy is he gets a Seahawks team that is allowing 105 yards per game on the ground and 70.1 yards per game through the air to wide receivers. That is 175.1 combined rushing and receiving yards to the running back position 
That is the second most combined yards allowed to on a per game basis to the position. That is exceptional. I love everything I have seen out of Dylan. He is forcing the Packers to increase his workload as he continues to excel in this Green Bay offense. He's somewhat matchup proof, in my opinion, at this low of a number as well. But luckily for us, he's facing a Seattle defense that has been absolutely shredded by running backs on the ground and through the air. I have a feeling this may be one of the last weeks we're treated to a modest prop line this low. We should enjoy it while it lasts. I love AJ Dillon. And I love this number over 54 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. I love when you say we're treated, we're treated to this, this low number. I love that a lot. Uh, it is shout out time. You guys are following the jeweler drew Elliot, who else is typing coach in the chat? Oh, I see a bunch of people there. Uh, oh, gosh. And now they're typing Maddie Severn. So we know we've gone off the rails. Uh, Corey is there. Kelsey is Javon Reed. Everybody. Evan, we love all of you guys. Thank you so very much. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Rams and 49ers. This is one of the games of the week in our uh, week 10 NFL mega preview. This is one of our top five games of the week. And it all leans towards the Rams who've been making all kinds of moves. Von Miller, OBJ, they're all in on this season. 49ers, maybe not so much. The total sitting at 49. Alex, you also have a play from this game. What do you like? I do. I just want to say, too, I normally we're required to have a minimum of four props to come on to this show. Dave, Uncle Dave and I, we each usually come with five. This is my sixth prop. I like this prop so much. This line dropped about an hour, half an hour before we came on air. I was just so excited to see it that I wanted to get this out as quickly as possible. I haven't done the normal amount of research that I typically get to do where they play, but I absolutely love this. That is uh, Darrell Henderson over 62 and a half rushing yards. He's averaging 70 rushing yards per game. He's cleared this total in five of eight games. It appears this number is somewhat discounted because Henderson is coming off an 11 carry 55 yard performance where the Rams were forced to abandon the run after going down 21 to three against the Titans after the Titans defense almost scored two touchdowns. They scored one and then gave up a very short field for a second touchdown. The Rams run the ball. Well, they're 10th in offensive rushing DVOA. The Niners have also been gashed on the ground recently they've given up 162.3 yards per game over their last three games that's the second highest number in the nfl over that three game uh sample this line should have opened closer to 70.5 in my opinion and with the weapons the rams have on offense including we will see the debut of mr obj defenses are likely to invite the rams to run on them so yeah i i love this line this came out very Right before we went on air, Darrell Henderson over 62 and a half rushing yard that played up to 67 and a half. Uh, by the way, I do want to point out that for those of you who like to complain in the chat that, oh, the number just moved literally as I was putting it in. What time does your article come out on Sportsline, Alex? Uh, roughly, I want to say between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Oh, so if people were Sportsline members, they would get them earlier than here on this show. Am I right? Correct. For some of the players. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. I'm just, just, just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. You can decipher what you will from that reference. Be a sports line member. Let's go. Damn. Best value uh, in all of sports. You're, it's not close. It's not it's close. Not close. I'll it's sit here all day. And I'll and you, and you tell me the best value, and it, it won't even come close. It's the best value on the internet, in my opinion. I'm not even saying that because I'm a part of the team either. Like the value that you get for ten or close to ten dollars a month is just 
unbelievable. The amount of content, valuable information. If you have any interest at any level in sports betting, this is such a tremendous value. Whether you are like a first time better that's learning the ropes or you're an experienced better that's looking to take your game to the next level, Sportsline has content for everybody, a massive field of experts. Every single sport, every conceivable betting angle imaginable, it is just absolutely tremendous value. I mean, I just wanted to say, you said it's the best value in sports. Best value in sports betting, I get. But you can go to the the Falcons Super, uh, whatever they call it, the the dome that they play in. (laughs) They don't call it the George. No, I don't even know the name of the dome. But you can get a hot dog for a dollar fifty there. That's the best value of sports. That, that's the right best there. value of sports. Sports wise number two. That's what, when it comes to sports betting and getting good. I didn't advice, know I didn't I'm, know where you were going with that. I didn't know yeah. where you were going with that, but I do I agree. barely knew where I was going with it. <laughs> <laughs> that we've got to just take that out of the show and just put that up on this page for the best promo anybody's ever done for sports line. I just wanted you to keep it going. By the way, somebody really wants us to hit on AJ Dillon over eight and a half a so damn it can somebody please answer the question at minus 115 i'll take it just because i'm so vested in this prop yeah i absolutely i absolutely like the over here uh they're leaning on dylan heavily he is outperforming aaron jones on a per touch basis his involvement is growing each and every week. He's had double digit carries in four of the last six games. He's had at least eight carries in five of six games. Uh, yeah, he he's just playing phenomenally right now. Uh, Green Bay is going to continue to have to lean on him and ride him. He has been a big, big part of the offense. So yeah, I absolutely like the over. I'm, I think he's very likely to finish with double digit carries. Why, why is it only eight and a half then? Like they, they should be putting that at nine and a half at a minimum. And usually when I see a number like that, I, I think to myself, okay, they're trying to get us to bet a certain way. They do that with sides all the time. All the time. But all the time. I, I don't or know if be, they're not whole, up to speed. Right. It, it, well, that's the point. That's my point is they're not up to speed. And that's what happens, which is why we have you guys, which is why yeah. we have the pros, because you find those holes. Props. Always going to hit. Yeah. Props is such a vast market space. There are so many individual players and, and and prop lines. It is just such a large coverage area that it is very hard for the books to find an edge on that large of a surface area. So that's why you'll off. That's why this market is as inefficient as it is. You'll often see these very beatable, exploitable lines. Just frankly, due to just the scope of the entire surface area. Hundred percent. The books are realizing what I've known for 15 years. It is hard to predict human performance in sports on a game to game basis. hundred percent. I say it in golf all the time too. I do a lot of golf handicapping being on the first cut here at CBS sports line. And when you have 156 players, it's very, very hard to hit all of the numbers uh, correctly. It's even harder trying to find those holes in those numbers, which is what we try to do on a daily basis. And damn it. We love to try. All right, let's get back to our board, by the way, interesting chat question. And I'm going to Dave, I'm going to bring it to you. You can bet on certain players having more, whether it's quarterback against quarterback, receiver against receiver. So there's a yep. bet. Judy, more yards than Devontae Smith, minus 120. I don't know if I would bet 
either side of that. I know that Smith has more upside. Just A, we haven't seen a game where Jerry Judy has gone for 100 yards. I know my colleague on fantasy football today, Jamie Eisberg, really believes that this is the week that he just blows up and goes for like 100 yards. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far on it. I probably wouldn't play this one. I think this is one that you can just, you know, maybe in your mind, you'll 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 take a side on it. Who's safer? It's probably Judy. But it's it's still not one that I would feel comfortable saying, oh, yeah, you got to take Smith or you got to take Judy on this one. I, I could end up being pretty close between the two of them. Well, that's the thing. And I will I will tell people a cautionary tale because I, I made this bet last week in the Colts and Jets game. Mike White, more yards than Carson Wentz. He had 95 yards in the first quarter and then had that little clip on his finger and is out the rest of the game. And it is debilitating up here when you know you had a winning bet and you're watching it stand on the sidelines for three quarters. It's very yeah. tough. And Judy has been very injury prone. That's why I say that. You sure. just never Those bets are fun, by the way. We, you, we, everybody can find some, some bets there that are obvious, obvious sides yeah. to take on that one. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's get to our last play of the day. And we got to know, we have this incredible uh, text thread that we have with all of the crew on early edge. And sometimes you get really good nuggets in there. And today I'm shocked that it was a B, but a B <laughs> sent this in today. And he was like, if the chiefs win this week, they'll have the second most wins in the AFC. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah. All we do week in and week out, and they're my squad. Everybody knows they're my squad. They stink. They stink, which means the AFC stinks if they have the second most wins and they're favored on the road Sunday night football by two and a half against the Raiders, total 52. And this has been a very <clears throat> eye-opening season, Dave, for my guy, number 15. But you like yeah. him in a prop this week or maybe against him in a prop this week. Yeah, earmuffs coach, you're not gonna like to hear this one. I'm taking I'm taking under 287 and a half passing yards for Patrick Mahomes at minus 115 at Caesar Sportsbook. Coach, if you watch every game for Kansas City, you kind of have an idea of what's wrong with the offense. If you ask me, I think the offensive line isn't doing a good job protecting Correct. Patrick Mahomes. It's making him a little bit more frenetic in the pocket. He's yep. pressing a little bit. Their run game is really just not where it should be. They've been missing Clyde Edwards, Elaire. They might get him back, but even if he comes back this week, I expect him to share with Daryl Williams. And teams are playing heavy zone coverage against the Kansas City. They're daring them to run the football. And maybe under normal circumstances, and maybe this week, they'll say, okay, we'll run the football a little bit more. If we get Clyde Edwards, Elaire back, we feel good using him as a running back. They clearly don't feel quite as good when it's Daryl Williams, Derek Gore, Jarek McKinnon and everybody else that they've been using. It's really been just those three. All that stuff has led to mistakes from Patrick Mahomes and why he hasn't been so great. The offensive line might be getting worse. Not only is Lucas Niang not expected to play, neither is Mike Remmers. Those are both right tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe Kyle Long comes back, but if not, it's going to be Andrew Wiley. He's been a nightmare right tackle. Here comes Max Crosby and the Las Vegas Raiders ready to attack Patrick Mahomes. The run game mentioned it. Clyde Edwards could play, but if he does and they run the ball with Edwards Elaire, that's not getting passing yards to Patrick Mahomes. That's getting rushing yards into the back pocket of Clyde Edwards Elaire, <laughs> and it might help Kansas City win. And that's all they care about right now. They they they're tired of trying to win with style points. Yep. They just want to win, and they Amen. can do it against the Raiders. And they might have to do it leaning on the ground game a little bit more if Clyde Edwards Elaire plays. 
Now, here are the two stats that really sent me to accept this prop because it's an ugly prop to be on. <laughs> the Raiders have the most zone coverage played at 79.3% of their defensive snaps this year. Far and away, they're playing exactly the type of coverage that's been stymieing the Kansas City passing game. But there's more. At 33.5%, the Raiders have the third highest pressure rate in football. And if we're looking over just the last three weeks, that pressure rate is up to 44%. That's the highest pressure rate. So this is a, a, a just a con- combination of terrible situational football for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to take on a defense that they haven't been able to figure out schematically at the very least, not necessarily the Raiders' version of it. And the Raiders are getting pressure on quarterbacks over the last three games at almost a 50% clip. You just saw what pressure did to Lamar Jackson on Thursday night. It could happen to Patrick Mahomes as well. I am very nervous to say that Patrick Mahomes will get to 300 yards. This is about as close as you can get where you don't have to lay a ton of juice to say he's not going to do it. Under 287 and a half for Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, coach. It doesn't mean that they're going to lose. I'm just saying that Patrick Mahomes might give you 250 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Still a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but not someone who's going to go out and just completely destroy the Raiders defense. I know. Alex, please pile on. Pile on. Let's go. (laughs) Dave brought up the Kansas City backfield. I just wanted to piggyback off that and tell you guys that my favorite nickname in sports right now is Darrell the Mentor Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Darrell the Mentor Williams. Oh, I like that a lot. By the way, I don't know if you guys watch the morning show. Jay Smooth has now started calling himself the machine (laughs) because apparently he's so good at college basketball handicapping. He's like, all I do is just churn out winners. I'm the machine. So I told him live on the show. I said, okay, until the day after the national championship, you're no longer Jay Smooth. And you're simply the machine, which I guarantee you will come back to bite him. At shout out. Point. Shout out to the machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Uh, all right. We got to as many props as we possibly can. So, you know what time. It, by the way, Kelsey's lucky that about three or four other people, three or four other people in the chat said they take a Mahomes over interception prop every week. Because Kelsey's my girl, but that one hurt until I saw it's hit seven of nine games. And I'm like, okay, okay, I can understand playing that. Would we play it this week against the Raiders, which all the nuggets that Uncle Dave just gave us, would we play over half an interception for Patrick Mahomes, Alex? Uh, I typically shy away from these props. I think that they are um, oftentimes dependent on things that are difficult to project. And uh, yeah, there's just not usually enough edge for me um, to typically bet these sort of props. Uh, If you do um, like betting these sort of props, I would say, yes, it's probably a good spot based on, uh, this Raiders defense applying a lot of pressure and yeah, being able to generate a lot of uh, yeah pressure with their front four without having to um, send multiple defenders. And we've seen uh, Mahomes play pretty erratically and uh, force a lot of balls down the field that uh, yeah he frankly shouldn't be. So yeah, I don't. I think this is a pretty good spot to probably play it. AB would be like, hell yeah, bang it, <laughs> double, triple units, five 
2% bomb of the week. We don't do those stupid things on this show. It drives me nuts because I watch other shows and they're like, this is my 5% bomb of the month. Stop it. Stop it. The max whale bet coach. Yeah. Oh, this one is I'm 20 and 0 since 1985 with these bets, <laughs> but only on Wednesdays. Yeah, only on Wednesdays in the month of November. Uh, all right, let's put up the recap because my guys gave you more information in 55 minutes than you will get the rest of the week. It's all about information. Knowledge is power. If your book doesn't have some of these, take the information you hear on the show and apply it to the bets that your book does have. Okay. So here we go. Corey Davis under his receiving total, 49 and a half. Stefan Diggs over 73 and a half receiving yards. TJ Hawkinson over four and a half receptions. Kirk Cousins under his passing total. AJ Dillon over 54 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Also, Alex told you he likes the over eight and a half rush attempts as well. He will be getting more touches because he deserves it. Darrell Henderson with the uh, Los Angeles Rams over 62 and a half rushing yards, minus 114. Then Uncle Dave, here is his five plays. Dalton Schultz under his receiving prop. Matt Ryan over 290 and a half. Jeremy McNichols over 19 and a half receiving yards. Jerry Judy over 58 and a half receiving yards. Patrick Mahomes under 287 and a half. All right. I like to wrap up every single show of mine, letting my guys and ladies tell me what they're most looking forward to with whatever the topic is. This is props. So, Uncle Dave, this week in the props market, what are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Jerry Judy going over um, probably close to 65 yards. So anything that you can get on him that's well north of 58 and a half, but under 66, go for it. Alex? I'm looking forward to my guy, A.J. Dillon, continuing to emerge in this Packers backfield. I have been blown away by him. I think he is one of the most talented, explosive young running backs in the NFL. He's outplaying um, his backfield mate, Aaron Jones. And I think that's going to continue versus a very, very soft Seattle rushing defense. He called them soft. He used the dreaded S word soft. All right. I'm ready to have a week. I'm ready to put the last two weeks behind us. I'm ready for the market to do what the market is supposed to do. So there's only one thing left to do as Kelsey likes to say, and you know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these prop tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew. Prop stars, uncle Dave, the jeweler on the ones and the twos and our entire team behind the scenes at Sportsline. Oh, man, we love doing this. We grind every single day. Remember, if sometimes you're feeling a little bit down or you're feeling like you're getting kind of sick of the grind, take a couple of days off. Take a week off. We do this every day, 365. Even we have to do it. So just manage that. Just manage that. All right. And tell your friends, the only sports betting brand that you're going to have fun, you're going to learn, and damn it, you're going to feel included right here at the Early Edge. Good luck. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.